This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. And then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tune Shuffle. More music? Yes. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, okay, now it's time for the show. Yes. Part two, round two. I'm Maggie Mayfield here with you, and my co-host for the afternoon is Chad Bridgley. <gasps> All right. If I haven't said this enough, I'm going to say it on the radio, but I love you so much, and I'm really glad that you're here today. Oh. Wow. Thank you so much. I love you too, doll. You have been um, really, really busy, and so the fact that you could take a couple hours to hang out with me and do what I like to do is like, I don't know, it's really, really fun. I'm happy to. You have the best laugh on radio. Thank you. She has the best everything on radio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's true. So, co-hosting with my co-host is Rebecca Cochin. Oh, thank you. Who you heard last episode. And our fave five songs this hour come from Dante the Comet. That's me. He's my husband. I'm her husband. (laughs) Mi esposo. Uh, sí. Last episode, Gracias. we learned that it's Dante Ravioli. Yes. Um, actually smell like SpaghettiOs. Yes. Yes. Correct. Correct. Uh, and you've brought with you some songs to share as well. Yes, I did. They're in my backpack. Let me pull those out <laughs> and start talking about them. I sense that maybe you're a little bit more nervous this time. Last time you were like, we're talking about my wife. And now it's yeah, like now I'm, closed Yeah, now I've got arms my arms like, closed. Oh, I, I, I'm just scared now. Oh. <laughs> Terrified. Terrified. Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in California. I'm a California boy, even though I've spent, I realized I did some math. I spent over a year in my life up in the air, just flying all over the world doing stuff. But Just to clarify, you said math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I did some math. <laughs> and, like I added up how long I've been a comic and how many times, you know, like, so whatever. But anyway, I grew up in a town called China Lake in the middle of nowhere next mm-hmm. to a town called Ridgecrest, and I lived in both. And those are about two hours outside of L.A. And then my parents, thank God, when I was 12, my dad moved us to San Diego. I grew up there through my formative years. And when I turned 21, I moved to Los Angeles. So that's where I'm from. Nice. Yes. You so you've been to. here about six years now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> exactly. I don't think we covered this, but how did you two meet? How did Dante and Rebecca well, meet? Well, we met doing comedy. I had just started doing comedy, and I was looking for a comedy class. And I called around to the improv. No one answered. I called the Laugh Factory. No one answered. And I called the comedy store, and I was like, oh, I'm calling about classes. And uh, the guy who answered said, look, I'm supposed to give you the name of this woman who teaches classes here, but you need to call this guy Dante because he's the best. And uh, he's teaching a class right now. And so... I did. First, you stalked me on the internet. Was First, it- I stalked him on the internet. Then I called him. Then I didn't show up for three weeks. <laughs> then I- she walks in. I ran a room called the Canoga Park Bowl. It was pretty popular for like six years in L.A. And lots of big names came out of there. But I'm sitting in there. It's six o'clock, summertime, bright out and dark bar. The minute the door opens, all I see is the silhouette of a gorgeous woman who I went, wow, and I'm going through a divorce and I'm doing my paperwork and now that woman is right next to me and she goes, are you Dante? And I looked at her and saw the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. I went, yes, yes I am. (laughs) And we immediately, I think, fell in love 
And yeah. we started talking that night, and we've been together ever since. Did you mm-hmm. drop the class? No. No, did, I just did started you pass giving it class? to yeah, for free. Yeah, I <laughs> sure did. She only had to pay for classes, I think, one month. That was Phew. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have, I have a question. When you called the comedy store, mm-hmm. and you said, the guy was like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, call this guy Dante. Right, right, right. Was that Dante? chad it was me darn it yes it was thank goodness yeah yeah you didn't get the wrong one no no i got the right one but yeah i mean i was madly in love with her since the day i met her and still am and um but it takes work you guys like Mm -hmm. everything takes work i realized the the divorce everything everything everything. set me straight in a lot of ways i realized i wasn't happy with my weight i wasn't happy with my marriage i wasn't happy with some of my friends it's like i realized you can't settle that's what most people do they date someone they get angry with that person all the time, but they still marry them or they settle, even though that person pisses them off. It's like, why? Mm. Because you need a mate? Why? You don't need a mate. So I realized that I, I said to myself, okay, what do I need? And I, I figured out like five things that I won't settle on anymore. I was like, those are the five things I really want from a relationship. And I told her, I'm like, hey, look, I'm going through a divorce. I don't want a relationship. I don't know if we'll even work out, blah, blah, blah. I said, but these are the five things I want. And I said, what do you want? She told me her five things. And it took years. Mm -hmm. Breaking those over and over. Yeah, because I was also, um, you know. A baby. A child. (laughs) I wasn't really a child. But I was in my early 20s when we started dating. And I had been very footloose and fancy free since I was 17, you know, when I moved out here. No rules. We started working when you were 13. Right. And guess what? At home, her mom um, is a great lady, but never gave them rules, didn't teach them how to cook or clean or, right? So you came out here with just like, I'm a wild child. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep, and that sort of went on until I met Tante. <laughs> right, and she had never. So I guess what she's trying to say is she had never been in a, a real relationship. I had not been in a real relationship. So no. she would do things that would shock you if you'd been in relationships and you're now dating someone, and then they pull something like this on you. But they look at you like, "What? That's bad." And you know, like mm-hmm. things like I remember one night we went out with all, this big group of friends, and I'm hanging out with this guy all night, and we're getting along great. And we come back to her house, and he and I are hanging out on her bed, and blah blah blah. And then he leaves, and this one girl says to me, "She's like, I can't believe how nice you are around her ex boyfriend like that." And I was like, what? Your ex what? Oh. And she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, we were dating up until like last you know, month or what. I was like, what? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> and she's like, that's bad? I'm like, yes, that's bad. You could have at least warned me before we went out. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, now as Angie adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. That was, but that's what happens when you date someone that's 22 and has never been in a real relationship. Before. Correct. Right. Correct. That's what happened. <laughs> but you guys figured it out. I mean, you just got married. Yes. Yeah, and we did figure it out. Yes. I think she is all five of my things. And and beyond that, she has become, I think we've both become great partners for each other, but it took real effort, right? Mm-hmm. And always will. You know, like you always have to. I feel like that's something, especially like like I said when we last um episode episode that we were doing that how you know my dad uh has alzheimer's and i felt like there was a year where i was like losing my s-h-i-t but i had to like 
put in a lot of put in a lot of work on myself you know what I mean like start meditating every day which I had never done before which you know everyone always says you should come up with some sort of meditation practice well it really does help you know what I mean if you're like <laughs> losing your marbles so yeah you have to like anything that makes that's going to make you feel good is most likely going to take work right mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe I didn't really get that until a couple years ago sure sure and same with like the relationship it's like it takes work right We've, everything right and and that's okay. That's just how it is. But I'll say this. I have been in lots of relationships. I'm a relationship guy. They were all minimum maybe a year. Um, best relationship I've ever been in because we're both putting in the real effort. Mm-hmm. You know, we both have the five things that we want and we give each other. And we also live by, you know, kind of the same rules. Like neither of us lie. You know, we won't lie to a friend. We won't lie to people in business. You know, we just don't lie. So that's – we don't – worry about things you know like that mm-hmm. um I, I have a tattoo that says love health happiness safety and freedom and that's basically i, I feel like those are the keys to life if you don't mm-hmm. have love health happiness safety and freedom in balance then you feel nervous or angsty or unhappy or crazed or something you know mm-hmm. um that's a big tattoo <laughs> oh no I, I should have stopped at love health happiness safety and freedom it stops right there oh okay okay, okay good yeah so uh but anyway those are the five i mean if they're out of balance your life is out of balance and and then yeah if you lie i mean that i think really screws up lots of things like mm-hmm. my daughter a 15 year old girl will talk to me before she will talk to most people because i've never once lied to her mm-hmm. not once mm-hmm. even if i didn't want to fulfill the promise, you know, of I won't get mad at you if you tell me this or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but I have never once broken a promise to her or lied to her, not once. Well, Even, how do you address the Santa Claus issue? Well, because, all right, so, so here's what, what I say Santa to her. Claus issue. Okay, so here's what I say to my daughter. I say to my well, daughter, I will only now. lie no. to you about white lie things such as, if she and I say we're not throwing you a surprise birthday party and mm-hmm. then you get a surprise birthday party, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to be mad. Yeah. Because those are the ones that are for you. Mm-hmm. You know, same with, uh, you know, like, you know, fairy tales and things mm-hmm. that we tell kids. Um, it's same thing. I'm, you know. But then if she ever does ask at an appropriate age, I sadly say, no, they're, they're still real. They're still real. <laughs> That's the one thing I can't let go of. My my daughter finally told me she doesn't believe in certain things anymore this year, and it broke my heart. Oh, right. She's fifteen. <clears throat> she is fifteen. Already a flat earther. Yep. Already. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We had to shut her down the other day. I did. I shut her down. She was like oh. so happy. She was like, "Daddy, you have to watch this new <laughs> documentary. documentary." She knows we love documentaries. Oh, it yeah. is. Mermaids are real. I was like, who'd you watch this with? I know. Grandma. All right, listen. <laughs> you and like, grandma. Are you kidding me right now? This I said, is you acceptable. and grandma can just stop right there <laughs> because there are no mermaids. But daddy, I saw the bones. I'm like, there's something called Photoshop, dear. There are no mermaids. <laughs> but I was like, man, think of how many ding-dongs just watch that stupid sci-fi channel documentary and are like, well, I guess mermaids are real. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess changes a lot of outlook. I'm not going to eat fish anymore. <laughs> who, paid right. for, who paid for this? SeaWorld or something? Right. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> I know. <laughs> for sure. But luckily, my daughter believes me. And so the minute I told her, she's like, oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that that's even a conversation that needs to be had in this day and age is... yeah. Really scary. Mm-hmm. Pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
brothers, sisters? I am the youngest. I was a mistake. I had. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Whoopsies. Yeah. Sister, yeah. brother, sister is the order it went in. And then uh, me, like 11 years after the youngest, my parents went away for New Year's to Monterey. And then in October, <laughs> October 2nd, <laughs> nine Trick months in one day, who shows up? I did. <laughs> But yeah, they were super Catholic, and you know they just use the rhythm method incorrectly. Yeah. All right, so happened. I think the math on this week you. is yeah. rhythm is gonna get yeah. you, and it got them. <laughs> and my it's mom good. was so disappointed she was going to be pregnant because at 32 back then that was an old woman. No, she was like 36. She was 35. 35. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, she said at 35 she had never known anyone to have a baby that old, and so she oh. said she when she went into labor she thought she was going to die because she was like, can women oh. even have babies this old? Which is crazy because now women have babies when they're 50 you know what I yeah. mean which used to make the news I remember when I was growing up <laughs> mm-hmm. they would say oh a woman in Italy just had a baby at 50 years old and everyone in the world was shocked right yeah. and now my mom had my youngest brother at 46 and like totally no big deal you know what I mean like it's just Ooh. the way it is wow mm-hmm. right we can mm-hmm. do all kinds of stuff now yep I'm terrified look at these tubes tied Uh, let's dive into some music shall we let's do it I don't even yes I can't wait you do remember here is your song (laughs) number one Dante when a little while from now I'm not feeling any less sad I promise myself to treat myself this is the saddest song Dante I know but I I don't listen to the words so I don't don't even know the words I know it's like you're I think it's about yeah I, I don't know what it's about but when I was a kid um, when I was like three or something, I remember my parents had one of these big, giant entertainment centers. Yeah, you know those long ones. Like one side has a record player; the whole bottom is like a cabinet to yeah, put yeah, records. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they had that, and I just remember that song being popular at the time, and me like really liking it. So that's why I picked it. What we song had Shag. is it? It's called Alone Again. Um, we had By someone sh- named Gilbert O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan, right. And we had red shag carpets, and it just... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, I can, I can see that right now. Yes. And so it was just when you asked us what songs remind you of things, this is one of those powerful songs, sort of like smells, mm-hmm. that yeah. when it's on, I go, oh, wow, I'm taken right back to being like a three-year-old and yeah. seeing my dad in plaid pants putting a record on. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard the song. This is the first. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a nice it's a nice song. Yeah, it almost sounds Beatlesy, I think. It's really depressing. Yeah. The first thing that he talks about is being left at the altar. Yeah. And then the second verse goes into how his parents died. Right. It is literally the saddest song I have ever heard. That's maybe why I never listened to the words. <laughs> There you um, go. I'm one but of those that's your guys happy childhood that, song. I'm like, yeah, I mean, unless <laughs> I it's like a, a, a song that I love, yeah. most songs to me are like, la, 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 and then you read, you sing the hook. The hook. The, the mm-hmm. hook. It's like yeah. everyone in, who goes normal? into karaoke mm-hmm. thinks they know the song until they get there and they realize, right, yeah. oh, I know the hook. <laughs> yeah. I right. don't know one word of the song. But do you think song. we all kind of do that? Or what? No? Like, so like, don't know the words like we think we know You the words. know all the words. So does my daughter to every song I ever. don't. Sometimes I have to look it up. Sometimes I, I'm not like, what are they saying? Can you please you know talk I mean? into the microphone? I'm trying to. I, I know. Really you just, you just, yeah. I'm so fine. sorry. You're fine. <sighs> you can move the you mic. Just, so much you stress. move it so it's like facing. I, but I can't turn your body. I'm like, uh, I'm the one that keeps moving. <laughs> You know, we I'm had a good five months, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Five months we've been married, and it was a long time. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> Number six on Dante's list, talking to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, wow, I can't believe you guys broke us up. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. After 11 years, too. 12 this 12 month. 12 years this month mm-hmm. we met each other. Wow. This month, yeah. On the 27th was her first time doing stand-up. Mm-hmm, May 27th. Yep. Wow. I can't believe you can remember. I can't remember. I only remember because that was my, growing up, that was my best friend's birthday. And I remember the day we, I did it thinking, like, how strange. So I this used is also to, May if someone told me it was their first time doing it, I would make sure every comic signed the piece of paper, you know, the lineup. Wow. And wow. we would give Isn't it to so them. cool? So that they could frame it and stuff like that. Gosh. So. That's brilliant. Yeah. I wish you hosted my first show. <laughs> I know. That's so cool. Mine comes up on my time hop. It's sometime in November, really early November. Wow. So Facebook oh. existed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't run a room anymore where people get up for their first nights. You know, we don't yeah. have open mics, so I never see it anymore. But that was a nice way to do it, I mm-hmm. think. That's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. I'm going to do that. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. You are a saint. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. He's a good man. Yeah. Talk about this um, house a little bit more. Did you have your own room when you were a kid? Wow, that's an interesting question. I honestly don't know because we, we lived know. on this Navy base. I had the most interesting Not childhood. comedy room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was an open mic where I lived. <laughs> Joey Gaynor was my mother. <laughs> we were from a spaghetto. <laughs> oh, um, hey <laughs> What were we talking about? Your, oh, so this room, house. Yeah. So I can tell you a quick story. And if you ever want to know who shot JFK, just ask me. <laughs> and we can get to that. I'm serious. I'm being serious. So anyway. Uh, so the house had one, two, three, four, five rooms. But there were four kids, a great-grandmother, a great-aunt, and my parents. So that's too many people. Mm-hmm. So I think what happened was I think I had a room then my grandma and my aunt shared a room for a while. And then my sisters shared a room. My brother had his own room. My parents had their room. So, But what I was going to say is then my aunt died. And then so me, I had my own room and my grandma had hers. And then I saw a ghost one night. And I think oh. it was my aunt. Whoa. Um, but, I mean, I was fully awake. Like, this went on for a long time. I saw, like, a light come down the, the hallway. And I, like, freaked out. And I pulled the covers up to my eyes so I could just, like, peek out. And it, like, stared at me for a while, and then it went into my grandmother's room, and I ran to my parents' room, and they – it was the 70s. They didn't care. I mean, mm-hmm. no one cared about yeah, it. No, no cared. ghosts. Who cares? No one cared <laughs> in the Are 70s. You, do you think about ghosts a lot? Do you believe in that kind of stuff? No, I don't think about that kind of stuff, even though I've seen ghosts. I've seen UFOs. I don't talk you about it. You haven't seen aliens. You saw something in the sky. I saw definitely unidentified flying objects that were <laughs> unexplainable. There were other witnesses who watched it with me. It was incredible. And then recently we talked to someone who had the same exact experience. Wow. They said, oh, it formed a circle and then went pss, pss, pss. I was Who's like, that? oh my gosh, yes, that is what it did. I don't oh, remember who no, was that's just swamp gas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was uh, Roy Haber. Uh, you weren't there. Oh, but basically, I, 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 here's the quick story. I was there. sitting in Winnetka, California, on my porch with my ex-wife, and we were looking up, and I said, oh, my gosh, I just realized I've never seen a star during the day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's not a star. Idiot. It's like a, a balloon or something. It's a reflection. It's moving. And then I see more of them. There's like five of them. And I'm like, oh, it's somebody just let balloons go or something. Wow. And I look up, and now they have formed a circle in the sky. And they're really hard to see. It looks like a star during the day. Weird. And so they form a circle, and now the circle is sort of slowly spinning. And then all of a sudden, this circle, every single, uh, I'm going to call them UFO, took off at lightning speed. went, and they were all gone. 
Wow. Uh, but me, my ex, my neighbor, we all saw it. It was outrageous. It was like a water ballet in the sky. Yeah. In the sky, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was unidentified. That's really cool. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. And you are one of a few people that got to witness something that cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had some weird experiences in my life. But I'm not one of those guys. Like, I, I'm not on any website. You're I don't... not like, take me! Right. Yeah. I, this is probably the first time I've ever talked about it on radio. It's like I've told a few friends and stuff, but that's it. No, that's I, I don't really think about it. I like the supernatural stuff, like the ghost story. I love that stuff. I can't get enough. Yeah. Yeah, I believe in that. Here's mm-hmm. why. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not religious, but I do believe in energy. Mm-hmm. I think our energy mm-hmm. goes on. Mm-hmm. You know, I do believe in souls. Like, there's something controlling our body that's more than just... You know, yeah, brain function. I Although believe. it creeps me out when the plane crashes, and then they're like, "There were 231 souls on board," and you're like, "Oh, yeah, totally." <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, that's yeah, an odd word, I suppose. But hmm, I don't know. But anyway, so that house, I mean, it was great. It was great to grow up in. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. My dad was in charge of bringing visitors uh, from the base to like our house and throwing parties and stuff. So yeah. So I didn't get to meet them, but like my dad was in charge of all the presidential visits for like Kennedy and um, yeah. Ray Charles came over. I got to see him as a kid. It was kind of crazy. My yeah. mind is blown. That's amazing. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty cool. It and this was... is like in San Diego. No, this was all on this crazy oh, navy base. Oh, in the China base. Lake. China okay. Lake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a very secretive base. They had. Uh, I would see drones when I was a kid. Um, all sorts of crazy things happened there. But you're a kid, like you don't know. You're like, oh, that's a thing in the sky. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, we knew because it was weird. Like you know, you'd see this airplane where the front wings are super tiny and the back wings are giant. And then you'd see something else. You're like, there's not a person flying that. There's no way there's a person in that. Yeah. Yeah, it was just crazy stuff that came out of that base. (laughs) They didn't have iPhones yet. Mm -mm. (laughs) No. All right, here we go. Here's your song number two. Someday when I'm awfully low When the world is cold I will feel a glow just thinking of you in the way you look tonight. It's perfect. Yeah, I, I love, love that song. song. I love that song. Yeah. It's one of the best songs ever. Um, that song is the wedding song for me and my wife. It's what she walked down the aisle to. Oh, perfect. With her daddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we danced to that. That was our song that night that we danced to. Mm-hmm. That was our, yeah, it was great. So I, any, I, any, you can't go wrong with any Sinatra song, though. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm an Italian boy who grew up just, you know, my yeah. dad played it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's all. I, I know you can't see, but like Rebecca is beaming right now. Just, oh. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm just going to project here for a second. Do you move the coffee table out of the way and dance to it every once in a while? We don't need to move the coffee table, but I try to dance with this woman as much as possible. He does. I do. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, will you dance with me for a minute? And so we'll, I'll put on a song and we'll dance and then we go back to our business. <laughs> right? Yeah. I used to watch my dad do that. And I was like, when I grow up, I want to do that. That Isn't is that amazing. Cute? I would walk by. My parents were like cooking dinner and then I'd walk in the kitchen and he's playing some music and they're just dancing and don't even know I'm there. And so I'd let them be. Wow, yeah, it, was, it was pretty good. You're setting Man, the bar, setting the bar I pretty know. high. If you thought romance was dead in 2019, you're wrong. Can you're we talk wrong. about this though? Why can't it be back? I mean, you know, these young kids, these young kids, these, these days. kids. <laughs> um, but no, like the like my daughter's age, um, 15. You know, she's like, yeah, 
I'm sort of dating, you know, and oh. dating to them is like the boyfriend is playing video games while on FaceTime oh, and they're no. both and she's reading. Can I just say like, <laughs> right, right, right. I'm so grateful for Chad. He is probably the most chivalrous person I've ever been with. I think one time I went through a door that you didn't open for me and I got a lecture. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? It wasn't a lecture. I know, but it was definitely like, hey, babe, you know, I was like, let me do that it. for He's you. a good yeah. man. He He's a good, good man. That's how it should be. Yes. It's not that we think you are weaker. It's showing you respect. Oh, yeah. You are yes. the queen. Absolutely. You shouldn't I, have to touch a door. Yeah. I made the mistake one time of offering to pay at a restaurant and and that was also like, babe, I love you, and I and I know that you want to help, but stop it, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> yes, um, that's and how it's it hard. Be. Like my, I grew up as such like an independent woman. My mom raised my sister and I to be very, take care of yourself. Like uh, right. all you've got yourself, right. and um, and so it was really, re- it still is difficult sometimes to remember. Like, just be patient, and you will open the door. The car every time we get in the car, it's like same. Yeah. But it should be like that. And here's and why. And you don't have yeah. to feel like you're not a feminist. You can be a feminist and have your door open. Yeah. Just know that you're a queen. Absolutely. That's it. You yeah. deserve your door open. Yeah. I think part of that also is, is like women of our generation, like our mothers came from a like the second feminist wave where it's like, we have to do everything on our own. Mm-hmm. You're not an independent woman if you let a man do anything for you because yeah. things have been so not like that forever. You know what I mean? That, yeah, I think now women our age have to like be cool with like men doing stuff like that. You know Which what I mean? Which is like ultra confusing. Can and We can edit this out if you guys don't want to talk about no, it. No, I love it. Ultra confusing in a time where hashtag me too is so prevalent and it's almost overboard because I want you to open my door, babe. Like I love it. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And right. also at the same time, I love treating you like the king that you are. Like there's nothing that makes me happier when I get to make dinner for you and you're like, oh, thank you so much. I, and it sounds so old school, but it's little things like that. Like I'm yeah. going to go run my own business and do my own thing. But it's also really important to me to like be able to take care of you as right. it is I agree. vice versa. I agree. Yes. I agree. hundred percent. It's yes. part of the, 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 the charm of being in love. It yeah. is. It's sort of like Christmas, how it's wonderful to give. Sometimes I'm not yeah. worried about what I'm receiving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, I hope she gets me this. I'm like, I can't wait till she opens this. Exactly. Right. Same. Yeah. And that's when you know you're in love because it's not about you. It's mm-hmm. about wanting to make them happy and knowing how happy they make you. Right. And... Someone that makes you a better version of yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. You should always be growing together and- Trying to, you know, so many people stop growing. That's the problem. They're right. stubborn and they do it to themselves. They do. I, we all know people like that who, mm-hmm. you know, I know comics that won't write a joke in 20 years or they won't have stopped listening to music since the 70s. That's or, you, weird. You know? Yeah. Like, really? Or, you, <laughs> I, you know, like I have a client with a flip phone. Why? Because you're so lazy, you can't put in one day's worth of learning. It's one day's worth of learning, and then you'll have an iPhone. And then you don't have to hit seven four times just to get an S. Right. That was such a a small talent, though. That was such a talent. Yes, it was. To do that in an argument, a text argument. It's. I still watch him do it. He still does it like that, and it's like... Five words come out after 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now we have talk to text. Right, which, which is, is what I do. It's uh, confusing also, yeah. though. She gets mad at me when I do it. She thinks people are going to think I'm an ass monkey or something for doing it. I don't know, but I, I, I have 80 emails a day I send out. I've got, you know, a thousand texts. Yeah, you if do I, manage a lot. Yeah, yeah, I manage like 70 people mm-hmm. and run a business and all of that. And it's like if I hand type it all... 
it will take me twice as long. Mm-hmm. I will get less work done. But she just will never stop yelling at me about it. Oh, yes. I'm so mean. <laughs> she never wants to. She doesn't actually yell, but she does make me feel guilty. She's like, <laughs> you are, you're so, it. so, so busy. I have a question. for What made you want to get into producing comedy shows? Yeah. Oh, okay. So for those of you listening, so our company, we make movies, we produce shows, we book comics, and I manage people besides being a performer. But the reason I like running shows is years ago we started, I started a comedy contest in L.A. that's now, I think, the biggest comedy contest. It's called the U.S. Comedy Contest. And... um. So I needed a room for that. So I always liked having a room. And then also it's nice when I'm back in L.A. to have a room to work out in. And sure. so yep. that's why we run the Secret Comedy Club on Mondays and Wednesdays now um, here in L.A. Uh, at Sal's on Melrose because now it's a minute from my house. I can go work out some new material, which I just you know did last week and then took it to Tulsa last week. And it's great. That's, that's what it's there for. Yep. And then mm-hmm. when the contest needs it, we have it for five months. So it's been great. And it's also, I mean, that's also how I got to meet you. Yeah. If I didn't run that yeah. room, that's also the other, it's the lifeline for a comic. Yeah, yeah it really Running is. a room, I'm sure you guys know running oh, yeah. room. It's you. It's networking. It's mm-hmm. all of a sudden, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, we've made so many new friends. If I didn't have this room, I wouldn't know these people. Yep. Right. Yeah, that is so very true. true. <clears throat> yeah. And I love comics. And it really is, in this in this business, you succeed by knowing people. It is networking. Right. We are sure. ants, you know. And it's we are like, ants. We are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, yeah, well put. I love that. Mm-hmm. Song number three. Here we go. I love this song. Well, if you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yay. Song. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so curious as to why this made your hashtag fave five. Schmoops. Okay, so the rule to these songs is something that reminds you of something. And this reminds me of my first night doing stand-up comedy. Oh, and here's wow. why. Yeah. So the girl that I was dating at the time, the one I've loved more than any other woman in my life. <laughs> I mean, I just miss her all the time. <laughs> I, mean, I can't stop thinking about this girl. Still. Still. But back to the story. <laughs> I'm just kidding. First night you did stand up. First night I did stand up. There was a. All right. Wait, was it at this school? At my school, yeah. With the wolf? The wolf. Yeah. So I was a. Here's all right. Let's let's go. There's a lot of explaining. There's a lot of explaining. Let's go back. I was a child. It's 1986. It's you uh, mean like 28, 2008? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um, so I'm a child. It's uh, November 1986 in, in high school. And I am going to do stand-up for the first time ever. Wow. Me and my partner, The Wolf, uh, Dante <laughs> and The Wolf comedy team, we are ready. Uh, we have been asked to host the uh, air guitar show at our school. The other song that's very popular at the time was that one with Paul Simon and Chevy Chase. Yep. Uh, you can call you me can Al. Call me yeah. Betty. Right. And so we thought it'd be funny to do that video, and it bombed. <laughs> and my ex girlfriend, who I c- could care less about, I was just joking. Uh, <laughs> but at the time, I could have not cared less about yeah. because I liked her and loved her. <laughs> and then she broke up with me and went back to her ex boyfriend. Oh, and lame. they were sitting in the front row. Ugh. And uh, he was laughing at me, but not in a happy way. (laughs) And so was she. And it was so evil that I remember going back to 
my house that night and crying to my mom and saying that we had because we had just moved to San Diego like the year earlier. I'm like, I have to switch schools. Aww. And Shannon was there and she was laughing. And my Aww. mom's like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom. But I remember I was a boxer at the time and I remember playing that song all the time and staring at my boxing. What do you call that? The bag. The bag, yeah. The bag and, and listening to this song and seeing his face. Alex Frank and just yeah. punching him in the nose over and over. <laughs> jerk. I can see him there in that front row. Probably even yeah. like wearing Aww. mirrored sunglasses. And this kid, man, I also hated him because even in 86, I was young. Uh, I should have been 16 like everyone else. And everyone else, uh, so I was 15, but this kid already had a, a car. Nuts. Uh, poor Shmoopy. That's a sad story. All I was these the stories same. are sad. I was, this, I was like the youngest in my grade. Like my parents were like, they start him, him early. In, yeah. yeah, we want him <laughs> out of the house. Yeah, and then everybody's like getting all the stuff before me. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I I had that same kid in the front row. You oh, did. Yeah, sad, oh, yeah. right? Chad, tell the f- story of when you first did stand up because it's one of my favorites. It's so funny. The first time I okay, so um, <laughs> it was at orientation for the University of Maryland, and they would bring in groups of five hundred kids. And they'd put them in this room and do that, like, okay, you're in college now, and here's the responsibilities. Uh, so everybody was sitting in there, and the, sh- the event hadn't really started yet. Everybody was in there, just you could hear the rumble of the you know people talking, and nothing was happening. And I said, you know what? If nobody's getting up on that stage, I'm getting up on that stage. So I did. I went up, and I just got up, and I started telling jokes. Awful, terrible. Awful, terrible standards. It's my first time. Was it stand up or were you telling like jokes? No, that you I hear was. At work or I whatever? had made up jokes in my head that oh, I had wow. wanted to tell. Never worked them out. Ever. Like they were just so bad. Wow. And like it was just like 500 people who had been talking amongst us. I became quiet and are just watching me bomb on stage. That's beautiful. And apparently, so there was like an improv group. Oh no! That was gonna supposed to be performing there, and their name, their group name was Erasable Inc. Right. So then one of the moderators of this whole event comes up to me on stage and kind of whispers to me, and she says, "Are you with Inc?" And I didn't know, but I figured if I said yes, that would buy me some more time. So I was like, I was like, yeah. And then she goes over to the other group of concerned faculty. And she's like, it's okay, he's with ink. He's with ink. And so I went on miserably for like what seemed like an hour, but it was probably only a minute or two until they all wised up. Oh, my God. And they're like, he's not with us. And so they finally came up and like took the mic from me, and they're like, okay, what was your name, Chad? Okay, everybody give Chad a round of applause. How? And so I went back down, and the kid I was sitting with, he's like, dude, that took balls. And then the group called me back up, and they had me participate in their improv exercise. Oh, that's cute. Funny. I love how like your dad thinks of you as a stand-up comedian. Oh yeah, when I told my I told my dad that I was doing stand-up, he's like, oh, so like, would you just like read jokes out of a book? Like, yep, yep, that's it. That's it. Just standing up there reading a joke book. (laughs) People come out for this. It's amazing. (laughs) It's like a book on tape, except in a room. (laughs) We just take turns. That generation, our parents, they had the weirdest lives, didn't they? Wasn't there even a speaker group where people would go and speak in front of each other? Isn't there a group called something like that? (laughs) Dumbest things ever. 
love your dad so uh, much. Oh my god, I love that that's what they think you're doing. <laughs> yep, just reading those jokes. <laughs> Sometimes we'll like be getting ready, especially for like Sal's. <laughs> We're getting ready in the bathroom, and I'm like ready to read some jokes out of that book tonight. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so back to Dante. Yeah. <laughs> if you got more about your dad, that's where I'd like to go. Perfect. Yeah, well, he was a principal. He, he was. A, he was a principal in school, yeah. so uh, I, I got away with a lot of stuff. He wasn't at my school. He was at a, sure. a, a different school. That but still pulls same. a lot of weight. Yeah, and so they would always harass all the other kids, and they'd be like, you know, his dad's a principal over at. Uh, you know. But I had I stole all those pads that like they get out of class pads oh. and the, you know the excuse notes. So I would just go and walk into a classroom and pretend I was from the office and. And get my friends out of class. That's really smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really smart. Yeah. I used to save them and to like use them for later times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, oh, I was yeah. like, these stupid idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Can't me go, make me go to class. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to drop the nugget on this song. So oh, Phil yeah. Collins in the air tonight. The song. Um, I know when we turned the mics off, you were like, was this Genesis or was this Phil? Like, what was it? Phil actually offered it to Genesis, but the band was like, no, it's too simple. We don't want to perform wow. it. Wow. Which actually became his first hit as a solo artist. Wow. Um, what makes this also super awkward, which goes right along with like the 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 guy in the front row or whatever, yeah. is that he wrote this about going through his divorce with his first wife, but it didn't get released till 1981 when he was already dating his second wife. So how do you like go huh. on tour performing this number one hit while you're dating the woman that would become your second wife? Awkward. Super yeah. awkward. Yeah, yeah, super awkward. So that's Phil Collins. That's awesome. And though. there's also a rumor about it that he had seen a murder, right? Yeah, he said that all those that it's all stuff's yeah, tr- it's not true. None of it's yeah. true. None it's literally it's, like it's a it's a it's really an fu song to that first wife who cheated on him. Yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah. So it fits perfect. It's your narrative. And it he is. Saw, yeah. He saw it. He saw it coming. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. This mm-hmm. is Dante, your song number four. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. What a song. Oh, yeah. Talk about it. Who is it? What is the song? Okay, so this is Prince, If I Was right? Your Girlfriend by Prince, and it kind of sums me up. I'm a huge Prince fan. Mm. I love, he loves them. I love most of his music. I'm not one of those people who will like claim to love everything because he he's put out some stuff that wasn't great. But um, I've had some chance encounters with him that were interesting. Really? Yeah. He came out to the comedy store one night to see a show. And I wouldn't say it was for me, and I could say that, but I don't think that's quite true. Maybe he did. I don't know. If it was Britney Spears, it yeah. would have been yeah. for you. Um, right. Yes. <laughs> but so anyway, Call back. So we're in the main room of the comedy store. I get off stage. As I'm getting off stage, I see him get up and go to the bathroom. And I'm like, now is my chance. So I go into the bathroom. And I thought we were going to be urinal to urinal, but we weren't. He was already like walking into the area to go wash his hands, right? So I go up to the urinal, use it real quick, and when I turn around, there's Prince standing there blowing his nose right in front of me, and he goes, you were so funny tonight. I was like, thanks. Wow. I I know, right? And then he throws his tissue at the trash can, and it hits the ground and falls on the ground, and I just stared at it, and then he walks out, and I was like, man, should I pick this up or not? 
and I did pick it up and I gave it to a waitress. So there uh, we go. And then, um, <laughs> but then here's the backstory. I feel like he did come to see me because he left right after. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was pretty famous in the 90s on BET. I had a sitcom. I was on a show called Comic View for like 10 years and on some award shows. And so a lot, most black celebrities knew me back then. But I went to one of his concerts during that time period, and afterwards I wanted to get his autograph outside. And he came out of uh, the pond in Anaheim, walked down the line, like passed up everybody, came right up to me, started talking to me, like, did you enjoy the show, blah, 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 I'm glad you came out. He signed some autographs for me, and then he's like, all right, I got to go back and start the line yeah. And he did. So it's like he was like coming up to like he knew me. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Wow. That was crazy. That That's was like, amazing. That was amazing. That oh was my amazing. God. And then you yeah. had to immediately change your underwear. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was my only two uh, encounters with Prince. But I've been a huge fan of his for forever. And his what? music just speaks to me. That's all. Yeah. Do you remember hearing <laughs> it for the first time? Yeah. You know what it was? I fought it a little. It was when I first moved to San Diego. I was a Michael Jackson all mm. the way. And mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. everyone was like, <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, you're either Michael Jackson or you're Prince. You oh, can't, can't be you both. You can't be both. Okay. And my best friend at the time was a girl. I've, I've mostly had girl best friends. I don't really like guys very much. I think most guys are. Creepy. Creepy or jerks. I've just never been a fan of bad guys, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same yeah. way, too. Like, I feel like if you're going to do bad things, don't involve me, buddy. I don't want to be into it, you know? <laughs> so, what was I talking about? Prince. Prince. Hearing it for the first time. So, San this Diego. girl, Nicole, was my best friend, and she's like, you got to at least watch Purple Rain. So, I watched it. The movie hooked me. I, was, I loved all the music, yeah. and I've been hooked since Purple Rain. Yeah. Neat. I love Prince. Well, um, tell me about Nicole. Who is she? How did you guys meet? Uh, she was just friends? a friend. Yeah, I mean, I still keep up with her on social media. I haven't seen her since even like high school, but a nice girl. I, the, the main thing I remember about her is that she had a crush on me, and I liked this other girl, and we had gone on some trip to New York with the, the school to see a Broadway play and to go to D.C. and all that, and I was trying to help her. We were being kids, just being stupid, but... I was trying to feed her. I was pushing a fork towards her mouth, and she was pushing away, and then she let go. (gasps) And it stabbed her in the back of her, inside of her mouth. Oh, my God. And she opened her mouth, and the fork was sticking out. (laughs) It was stuck in the back of her mouth, and she's like, ah, ah. (laughs) And so I reached in, I pulled it out, and she started crying. I'm like, please don't tell anybody. Like... (laughs) And she's like, it's not your fault. I'm the one who let go. I mean, it's not like you tried to stab me. It's Aww. my fault. But anyway, she cried and I hugged her. And That's a sad, spoopy story. They're all sad, you guys. Wow. That is such like a big brother thing to say, though. Like, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like- I know. Because I was terrified of everything Aww. when I was a kid. I was. All I cared about is not, not, not get getting in trouble. trouble. Yeah. yeah. I never wanted to get in trouble. That's interesting. I, I didn't either. But I was an only child. Me so oh, I felt like an only child. That's a lot child. of pressure, yeah. I think, yeah. if you're an only child. Yeah. I and felt like one. There's no, there's no like plausible deniability. Right. You don't have a buffer. It's like, it's like they come home. Who did this? It's like, well, it's Dante. Right? <laughs> yeah, Nobody else true. here. That is true. Yeah, I never wanted to be bad. That was the main. thing. And you're not. No. Good. You're not bad. Good. No. I think that's a good thing. I don't want to be bad ever. Mm-mm. You have good taste in music. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to song number five. Here we go. Um, can I disclaimer this song just for a moment? Please do. You just said the title of the song and you didn't specify the group. 
So I picked a group for you. All right, let's and see I if hope it's right. That, I hope that you like this version. All right. Beautiful. Clearly like shot it? at Runyon Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like it? Do you like this version? Yeah, very much. This is very a group much. called Pentatonix. And that's I know. All... They're from okay. America's Got Talent. Yeah. Um, I remember them. I remember them very yeah. well. Is, this video was obviously shot like at the top of Runyon yeah. Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love the bass in that song. And yes. we've all heard like the Harry Simeon chorale version like a bajillion times. But this is a bit newer. And on Coast 103.5, when we slipped switch to Christmas. Yeah. This is like one that I'm always like, slip it in, slip it in. Oh, slip it in. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard this one before, this version? Um, I don't, I don't know. Think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. It sounded familiar, yeah. but I don't know. But yeah, this song just makes me cry. That's the only reason. You know, you, you ask for songs that affect me and this mm-hmm. one, for whatever reason, whenever it gets to the certain lyrics, especially, uh, I had no gift to give, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so I played my song for him and even though you know that's all he had that's when he finally smiled like that's like makes me cry every time I don't know why I'm gonna cry yeah Yeah. it's what was um what were the holiday seasons like for you as a kid or growing up magical yeah magical did you do Santa or of course yeah so we had Santa Claus he would always show up with lots of presents my parents were overly generous um, even though we lived on a military base, they just they just were right. They uh, they mm-hmm. did it they did it right. Uh, the night before you opened presents, and then Santa brought you unwrapped presents the next day, and yeah. it would just be the house was filled with stuff, bikes and whatever. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. It yeah. Was, yeah. What about you, Rebecca? What was the holidays like for you? Terrible. As a kid? <laughs> no. well, we had Hanukkah, and so every oh, boy. night, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, every night for eight days, we would light the menorah, and then we'd get a present. It isn't as fun as Christmas. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I would have cared so much had I been raised around other Jewish kids. But my brother and I were the only token Jewish kids, so it's like everyone had Santa except us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I remember being like, oh, I hate Christmas time. A little kid. <laughs> now she loves it. <laughs> yeah. Now it's yeah. like she celebrates everything because so does my daughter. You know, she right. her mom was Jewish. Or, you know, but just do in, you, so now do you two celebrate both? We together? celebrate yeah, everything. That's everything. great. And I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood, so it's like I had already been celebrating these things. You know, for forever anyway. And right. I was. I think I was a good addition to her dad's family because. Because You're I'm good. not I'm not Jewish, but I'm Italian, and Jews and Italians get along very well. Yeah. Plus, I came with a Jewish granddaughter for him, so he was very happy when I showed up. I he think. was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. My my growing up, my mom's side of the family had some Jew in it, but it was her dad, so it didn't traditionally pass down, as you know. But as my grandfather got sick, religion became super important. So all of a sudden, we were lighting the menorah and doing the Christmas tree, and my dad is. Over the top, like Halloween, the yard was just covered in stuff. <laughs> oh, Christmas, I it was just that. covered in stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, my dad, holidays, right? Um, but I don't know where I was going with this. I know Chad has kind of like a an amazing Christmas experience story that I love hearing so much. I do. Yeah. Well, you slept on the couch one night because you were oh, going to catch Santa Claus. I know. Yeah, I was. I was. I, I was going to catch him in the act. I was so determined. I stayed up, like we had like the family room and it was set up with the tree and I told my parents, I'm staying up, I'm going to stay up all night and I'm going to catch him. And I, and I was on the couch and I waited and then I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up and all the presents were there and it was so magical and yeah. amazing and I was like, oh my God. 
it really happened and I missed it. Ah! But it was pretty cool. That's how so incredible. cute. And I was like, so now I'm like, Dad, how long did you guys have to wait? Remember that time, you know, and I, I, I stayed up. How long did you wait? And he's like, I don't remember. <laughs> that's so funny that's so I love cute. hearing about like people's Christmas like my Me coworker, um, Mark Wallengren who hosts the afternoon show on Coast 103.5 he tells this story about when he was little like four or five years old growing up in Utah and there's snow everywhere and he just remembers like it's maybe 11 o'clock at night and he wakes up and all of a sudden he like his uncles are on the roof banging the sleigh bell you know what I mean just with the ropes and stuff and he's just like oh you know like thinking Aww. the reindeer had just come on wow. top of the that's so cute. Oh, amazing. I love people's Christmas stories. Me too. And I always yeah. love hearing Christmas about movies Christmas movies are some stories. of my favorite. I want to totally. direct a Christmas movie yeah. sometime. Oh, yeah. Yes, that would be yeah. so fun. Yeah. Like, my brother and I would watch Christmas movies all year round because we didn't get Christmas. <laughs> and so we would, like, watch them all the time because we were like, man, that sure looks fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> sure looks like everyone's having a good time. Oh. <laughs> I will have to um I'll have to remember it. The, the the radio station puts on such an amazing Christmas experience. I'll have to remember to like extend an invitation. Oh Please. Because yeah. I love Christmas stuff. I'm a total nerd about everything Christmas now. I'm like an obsessive crazy person about Me Christmas too. trees because I didn't have one growing up. So now I'm like, it has to be perfect. Yeah, yeah her and my daughter <laughs> love getting our Christmas trees together. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. We would go chop down Christmas trees as a kid. Yeah. Oh, that was my, my dad. God. Yeah. My dad's like ultimate dream was to own land so he could grow Christmas trees. I know. That's so cute. It's very like Taylor Swift. It is. It is so Taylor <laughs> Swift of <laughs> your dad. Yeah. Well now you guys could have like an indoor and an outdoor Christmas tree. Yes. You have that beautiful mm-hmm. area oh my God, yeah. in the back. That's true. We should plant. Actually, I have a Christmas tree growing back there because we had one of those little ones you get from the store. And so I put it out there, but it's still that size. <laughs> it's, it's not growing. Like it's going to take a hundred years for this thing to even get to be like a Christmas tree. Oh, well. Nuts. Well, Charlie Brown made a tree out of a branch. So that yeah. is true. There you go. That is true. It's Very never true. too soon. <laughs> I'm sad that that was it. that was the fave five songs, but they oh, were nice. all awesome. Yeah, they were different. Yeah, thank you for sharing them. I didn't realize how sad they all turned out to yeah, be. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> Maybe I should have listened to more than just the hook. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. Thank you very hard. I'd love to hear the story of your very first concert experience. Oh. Okay, so I will tell you when I was a kid, my dad brought me to see Ray Charles at the base mm-hmm. that I lived on and it was a huge deal. I couldn't believe I was going to see him and my dad had drawn a picture of Ray Charles. From Which is incredible. Of, His dad was an incredible artist. Yeah, wow. so we still have that and then Ray uh, signed it for us before the show. Wow. Neat. And then I watched the show, which I don't remember. And then the next concert I went to is as soon as we moved to San Diego, my dad took me to see Frank Sinatra and my dad wow. goes, look, there's some seats down there. Go see if we can steal those because we were up in the nosebleeds. And I went down there, and he was singing. And while I'm walking down the stairs, he turns and like waves to me and is singing to me. And now wow. my dad's up top. I look back, and he's waving, going, ah! you know, <laughs> acting crazy, Aww. like he can't believe Sinatra's waving at me and stuff. So those were my two first ones. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Last concert you went to? Um, what was the last concert I went to? Probably I maybe, Go-Go's. Probably the Go Go's. Also. Yeah. 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 Nice. We're not huge concert goers we like going but i've never been that guy who like runs out and buys tickets when it's online right if we happen to stumble upon something we do it that's Mm -hmm. about it right right 
Yeah, I love music. It's my life. It is, but I'm not a huge concert goer. I'm I, just, I don't be... like just being around that big of a yeah, crowd. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're in like an intimate sure setting. I'm mm-hmm. with you. I don't like to be in the middle of people. I like to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're usually the performers. I like looking. You know, I like being on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I agree with you there. Well, you have a lot going on. It's not like uh, you run a business and like perform all over the country or the world or anything. Um, but how do we keep up with you? Where, well, what's your corner of the internet, Dante yes. the Comic? So go to, uh, it's Dante the Comic on all social media. At Dante the Comic. Right. Or if you're on Facebook, you can uh, find me at Funny Dante. Uh, that's my, uh, whatever they call it, fan page. And then we own a company called Golden Artists with an S, entertainment. Gold. Yes. Uh, so you can check that out, www.goldenartistsentertainment, and see all the wonderful clients we have and all the comics you can hire and all the funny comedy couples that we <laughs> book. <laughs> and that's about it. And comicdante.com, comicdante.com, right? Mm-hmm. Come see me live sometime, you guys. I am so funny in real life. That is a true story. Yeah. Yeah, real I, life, just the, not on, the, not on the, the impression bit that you do, oh my God. the Wizard of Oz bit. Oh, thanks! It's incredible. Yeah. One of my favorite jokes, Same. like ever. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, I love that. It's a good closing bit. Uh, I think Darren Carter has the best opening bit I've ever seen. You ever seen Darren Carter's opening bit? No. It's incredible. He brings flashlights up, they dim the lights, and he's oh. basically beatboxing and getting the party started. It's incredible. And then he walks up, and now you're just you're at this level. Like, yeah. Wow. That's I had great. to follow him at a festival, at a comedy festival, and the whole time I was backstage, I was like, you have got to be kidding <laughs> me right now. <laughs> you have got to be kidding and me. And I don't, I'm not those, I'm not the comic who sits there and criticizes other comics because they use a this or they have a prop or that you know I'm just funny is funny mm-hmm. yeah. right, and the right, fact right, that he right, went right, up there right. and blew me away with some flashlights and some beatboxing and it was hilarious he's extremely talented yeah he's I was really, like that really was great man. I do not want to have to follow him again <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was not fun well he's also been doing comedy since <laughs> right. you were like three right no yeah. I know well but not the whole that time, young but I was like who made this lineup for Christ's <laughs> sakes <laughs> this is <Yeah>. not okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole time I was like this is gonna be awful and it was it was yeah, awful because it was all just killers it was all killers he was just like, yeah, he totally just like crushed the room. The room was like cheering as he went off stage, and they're like, "All right, let's give it up for our next comic." And I'm just like, "Hey, everybody, I just tell jokes." I've only done it for eleven years. Yeah. That guy's done it for thirty. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Oh well, it was character building. It is. It's character building. We all have those. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a chicken when it comes to comedy. She's not. She's fearless. She makes me so inspired. But, you know, it's like I, I'm not. Sometimes at our own room, I don't even want to go up. And sometimes it is fear. Most of the time it's laziness. But sometimes it's fear. Fear of like, not that I'm not funny, but just like me personally crushing my own heart. If like, you know, uh, I have a bad set or something. You know what I mean? You ever feel like that? No, you don't. You're too fearless. But I I feel like that sometimes. I'll like watch the room and I'm like, I'm not going to contribute to this night the way I should. (laughs) You know what I mean? You ever feel like that? Yeah. You know, like why, why waste your time? Yeah. But why waste your time if you're not going to be your funniest that night? Because and... you always have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you always I, just have to I, get up there and do it. When you're new, when you're new, if you've done it a long time, I think the only time you need to get up there is if you can't wait to get out some new material, or if you're going to try it a different way. See, people who don't do comedy, they don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, they think we make it up on stage, and that is one of the best comments you can get. Mm-hmm. Is when someone goes, "Wow, how did you make all that up tonight?" 
I'm like, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, back in 2012, right? I wrote this one joke, <laughs> and that's how you do it. You write yeah. a joke in 2012, and it's okay, and then right. you fix it and you change a word here and there. And by 2014, it's funny, and then by yeah. 2016, it's a killer. Yeah. yeah, and, and then by 2020, it it's offensive to everyone. Yeah. Right, and that happens too. <laughs> that does happen. Yeah, I mean, right. look at this day oh and age. Gosh. It's like so many get... jokes I can't tell anymore that I could have told like five years ago. You know what I mean? Well, and you don't even know which ones you can tell because you don't know who's going to be sensitive. And, and here's what's actually bothering me: as a person who does impressions and dialects and everything else, it's offensive to me when someone says that doing someone's accent or dialect. Is offensive if you're not doing some like. Then there would be no voiceover work ever. at all. Yeah, right. right. But now it's not okay if you're not that ethnicity. Like it's definitely. Wow. That's the same argument about what was the the guy that does Breaking Bad, um, Brian Cranston, yeah. and he's in that new movie with Kevin I know, Hart. And I believe and he's were... in a wheelchair, and they were pissed no, because they were like, "That's you're... called acting." Thank right. you. These are actors. Forrest we... Gump is not. Tom Hanks. Right. But <laughs> it's not like that. But that's the industry right now does it's not so want to see. so sensitive and it's our job to change it. it well, is. I don't know. It's, it's our job to say, hey, everybody, I am very PC also, but this is too mucho. Well, here's For, the thing, too. If too you mucho. go to the Midwest or somewhere not in California or New York, they don't care. To- absolutely. They don't care. Oh, they am don't I entertained? Care. You took my $10. Right. I just entertained When you. I go across the, wherever, she'll go, you can't tell this joke. I'm like, watch me. And yeah. they love it. Yeah. LA and New York, everyone's just like, you can't say this. For, can I give the example of the joke, um, the 7-Eleven joke? Sure. Because you you do uh, an impression of someone who has that's a- maybe the most offensive one though that I do, and that's not actually the one that you normally get me on. You're more you always say to me, oh, you can't do the Asian voice anymore. No, I no, I said the Indian though too. Because you can't because can. the whole like I mean problem with a poo thing that became like. They're not okay with did Hank Azaria, a poo, you know, on Simpsons. You said poo twice? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there was a there was a thing on how they- I know. How they were upset that an actor- That Hank Azaria has been doing that voice for so, so many years, you know what I mean? That's too bad. Like, that's- I can't- I hate how people get mad in reverse. You can't go back when Thank it was you. accepted and then get mad at someone. We were just talking about that in the in bathroom. In the bathroom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what a strange topic but to bring up. But isn't that true? Yeah. No, it is. It yeah. is. You're like, you're going to go through somebody's tweets for the last 15 years and well, be like, oh, yeah. that's stupid. And that's Because well, what that's you what could do. do and say in the 80s is not what you can do and say now. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even show my daughter. My favorite movie when I was growing up was uh, Saturday Night Fever. I went to show it to her and realized, oh my God, there's rape all over this movie. <gasps> right. It's all rape. Over I was it. like, oh my God, this movie is nothing but like rape and people Same being with okay Revenge with it. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, that one. Revenge of the Nerds, there's a part in it where this guy realizes he's wearing the same uh, Darth Vader outfit as the girl he's in love with. So he, like, follows her in somewhere, and they end up having sex, and then he takes off his helmet. And, of course, it's a movie, so she's like, oh, it's you. But in reality, he just raped her. That's Mm -hmm. rape. And you can't get away with that in a movie today. We and were talking fine. about how like pretty and pink everything that's come out about John Hughes movies and how not cool they are towards um, teenage girls, which is and very sex true. And, everything and in this else. day and age, those movies would never get made. But what's made. crazy is they're my favorite movies. And, well, it's and just lots of times, people feel But you that can't way. take 1980 and make it fit in you 2019. You cannot. It doesn't. It doesn't because make we have sense. different fears. We have different times. Right. We have phones. You know what I mean? Everything is totally different. Like. You know, one of my clients who got in trouble during the Me Too is Ron Jeremy for signing boobs. Mm. And it's like he got in trouble because so many women were like, he touched my boob as he signed it. You stood in a line, and he's done this for 40 years, 
to get your boob signed, and he touches your boob Ugh. and signs it. And it's like every once in a while, someone will say, oh, he touched my boob and get offended and call the police. And then the police show up and go, we watched you on video. You stood in line to get your boob signed. And then he signed your boob. And then you called the police. And it's uh. like, what, what is, what's happening in this world <laughs> where a man is paid to go do this? And now people are like, well, I can't believe he touched my boob as he signed it. He, do, he does have one of the slowest signatures, though. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. And his other hand is very palsy-ish. It shakes a lot and moves. And he can't see very well. I think so, we've yeah. seen this. I mean, it, this isn't new. It's just a new form of it, right? Because women have been like, I'm pregnant with you right. know, so-and-so's Correct. baby. but like, Now, I'm all for the Me Too movement. I am. There are dirt bags out there. Just like I said, I'm not, I don't like being around guys that are bad guys. I just hate bad mm-hmm. guys. I do. And I do think that it's gone too far. There's no punishment everyone got the same punishment everyone whether you signed a boob even if you did it for 40 years or if you you know slip uh, drugs in someone's drink and then and yeah. then and then raped them yeah. on a bed they all got the same punishment was which, which was hurt any... their career forever yeah and and even though you know some of these guys have proven that they didn't do things it still doesn't make the news because that's not newsworthy mm-hmm. it's only newsworthy if you're accused you know it's mm-hmm. very strange time we're living in and then on top of that all you've got a country divided, mm. you know, by politics and and uh, even families, I think, you know. I've dumped so many people off my Facebook. I remember there was one day I went to, like, Twitter and I had said something and I looked the next day. At least 6,000 of my Twitter followers were gone the next day wow. because I had posted something. Like and they I thought, unfollowed? Unfollowed, yeah. Because wow. uh, I posted the truth about something that uh, the president had done and they didn't like the truth. And I lost like six thousand followers, and I thought, well, good. They don't. I don't need to be. You know, truth is the truth. There's only facts. If you post a fact and someone gets upset by that, that's their fault. You know, only dumb people get upset by facts. And we're not dumb people. No, no. Although I did just watch this documentary about mermaids, and apparently, (laughs) no, they're real. Did you know that those? Yeah, seriously, you guys, they found bones. I'm serious. (laughs) They found bones. Uh, it's true. Dante Ravioli, you've been so much fun. <laughs> That's what Flip Schultz calls me, huh? Da- Davey Ravioli. Yes, that's what he calls them. Thank you for bringing your time and your energy and your fave five songs. These were awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm even... sorry I'm not funnier on the radio. I wish I were. <laughs> no. Stop. I wish Stop. I were. I'm serious. I'm not funny in real life. She is. Rebecca Cochin hey. for being an awesome sit-in guest host today. Thank you. And for filling in some of the gaps. Of course, Chad Ridgely. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Having sat in that seat many times. Right? Let's you guys are such a cute, cute couple. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I Thank love you. it. You guys you too. are a cute couple. You are a cute couple, too. Um, there's so much cuteness in this room. It's true. And can, I just, I know this is your episode, Dante, but Chad has a couple of things going on that I just want to like- Please, yes. buddy. Let's yeah, hear all about these things. Plug away. Plug, plug, plug. What about the movie? Tell us about this movie. Yeah, you've got, you're in a movie coming up this summer, and then you are making a movie- Yes, Quentin Tarantino's new film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Wow, that is a big, big deal, buddy. Yeah, um, when they hello. announced you at our show the other night, I wanted to ask you. I'm so glad you brought it up. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I Thank cannot you. wait. That's I, the coolest. I yeah. can't wait either. And I'm just praying that I'm still in the cut. Everyone wants to be in a Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie. Everybody. And he's only going to do one more after this, right? No, yes. is that what he said? He said yes. 12. That's 12, it. He yeah. stops at 12. 
It, it, ah, wah, wah, wah. They always say <laughs> Adele that, said right? she was done and she's in the right. studio. Cher yeah. is back for her 90th yeah. retirement. <laughs> yeah. right. Anything can happen. Her right. and Barbara, every, every right. year Barbara they have Barbara Streisand farewell. is always in retirement. They're both always, always having their going out of business sale. Always. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so you're in a, in a movie this summer. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about that. And I really wanted to be in that one. I mean, who doesn't want to be Every actor yeah. wanted to be in that one this year. And it year. took seven months from the time <gasps> I auditioned Oh my God, until really? Until I booked it. Yeah, seven oh months went gosh. by. It was so secret, too. When they, when the audition came out, they sent me to uh, a casting office. That, uh, it, it was like, oh, it's for a 1960s commercial and the sides are secret and we'll show you when you get there. And uh, I get there and I'm like, well, this isn't a, this is not a commercial casting office. This is theatrical. And then I went in, and the sides were at something for a Red Apple product, Red Apple cigarettes, which is a Quentin Tarantino staple. Oh my god! Like he invented the you know that product right, for right, his right. movies. And I was like, oh my gosh, I bet you this is for the, I bet you this is for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it 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 was. And then months <gasps> go by, and I didn't hear anything. And that was in April. Oh my god! And then in August, I got a call, and they're like, uh, uh, hey, they're putting you on a veil. For two days, what? are you available? And I was like, uh, yeah. So you heard, you heard except, nothing from April to August. Right. So you're just like, oh, I guess that's, you know, moving on. Absolutely. Except uh. you get that call, like, the morning that we're getting on a plane to go. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to the East to, Coast. To the East Coast, but, yeah. Uh, you know, I would have dropped anything. And you were anything. like, oh, my God. If I have to <laughs> land and then turn around to go back, I will. It was, Absolutely. It was such a crazy But then I didn't week. hear anything. Yeah. Months go by. And I'm like, well, <sighs> definitely didn't book that one. And then um, I did a movie in New Jersey, and then I came back, and immediately I got another call, and it was like, they still want to know if you're unavailable, or if you're available. And I was like, yes! And then I they, they called me, and they said, all right, you're booked. Your fitting's, uh, fitting's <gasps> wow. this afternoon. Oh, my You know what would be really funny gosh. is if for years they just kept calling me. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, that movie has been, been released. Out. Yeah, it's been out. We oh just want to see if you're on, available yeah. if we do part two. Yeah, are yeah. you are you still? We just wanted to check. We're not going to actually call you. So you got and to then, work on set with Tarantino. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. You were directed by Tarantino. Yes, I was directed wow. by Tarantino. Ugh. It was amazing, and it, watching him work was something else. Like he's really? very animated. He jumps around. He, uh, uh, I can't say too much about the scene. Sure, sure. But there's he's looking at the room, and he's like, there's this piece of art above a mantle, and he's like, oh, he's like this. I hate. I hate this, the way this looks, which means we have to feature it. So then you know, <laughs> they, set up, they set up the shot so the camera goes right. I hate right, the right. way this looks. <laughs> yeah, so, so it, it. It, was, it was an amazing experience. I thought I was in a dream the whole time. Of course. It was just wow. so wow. surreal. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I can't, well, first of all, I was, I'm excited to see that movie anyway, but the fact that our friend is in yes. it. Yes, oh yes. Oh, my God. How yes. exciting. So, oh, now that, now that he's in that movie, you could call him a friend. <laughs> Not once, not once in these interviews has she even mentioned that we know you guys. That's true. I just met him. Not once. That's not, not once. true. Um, but not only that, you are also working on a project with Full Auto Films. Yeah, I am. Which is uh, your film company. My film company. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last two were horror comedies, Massacre on Isle 12, 6.66 p.m. And... Uh, this one is just a straight up horror film, and it's called uh, Murder Van. And uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> not a comedy. It's not a I comedy, mean, it's, but it's no. So Murder Van's a great name. Yeah, th- I couldn't believe it never been used before. I mean, it's amazing. Because yeah. I, really I won't title something if it's already if there's already eleven of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, Murder Van. Anyway, this is a uh, this is new for me. I I 
self-financed the first two films. Wow. And, and I don't want to do that anymore. So I just launched the uh, crowdfunding campaign. Good for you. Good um, for you. Day before yesterday. So we'll see how that works. And then that's going to- Tag us and stuff. I'll make sure yes, to repost Yes, absolutely. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So Murder Van, hopefully uh, hopefully coming at the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're award-winning also, so there's no reason that- this won't just skyrocket. Will into... we see that actress Maggie Mayfield in it? Uh, you may actually. All right, oh, you may actually excellent. see. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to be in a murder van? Right. Who doesn't? I think. <laughs> I think. I. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but it's. Uh, it's so. It's, it's like brilliant. It's, it's like it's, Saw. Yeah. And Split. In a van. Ooh. It's really. Yeah. Two girls good. get abducted by a, a serial killer, and they're forced to do these challenges with each other in the back of the van and then have to find a way to escape before it's too late. Crazy. I love it. I like things that take place in one room, like the breakfast club and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I like stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a little bigger than that. It doesn't just all happen in the van, but a lot of it does. A lot of it does. Cool. There might even be some murder in the van. (laughs) (laughs) What? How can a murder van have murder in it? I know. Breaking boundaries here. That's like a dog eating its own poop. That doesn't even make sense. That's not even a thing. So anyway, I just just want to make sure that we said that because as a former guest of Y-Tune Shuffle and the co-host of the show um, the past two episodes. Thank you. And with Golden Artist Entertainment, you know, we just really look up to you guys and and really love what you're doing at Sal's. Thanks. Yeah, just- Thank you. You're both really hardworking and so incredible and always so kind. So thank you for being you. Thank you so much, Chad Ridgely, Dante the Comic, (laughs) Rebecca Cochin. Thank you all for being here. I've been Maggie Mayfield. And if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and share. We are on all the socials at Y-Tune Shuffle. Thank you so much for listening. Yay. Yay! Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Y-Tunes Shuffle.